So this is the um, this is probably not the final podcast of your podcast tour. But how many of you? How many have you done in the past week? Oh, let me think. Hmm, where are we at? We're probably in the mid twenties somewhere. Yeah. I think some something something like that. Yeah, just getting the word out. I, I appreciate that you 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 you're you're going for. It. I mean, I, I feel like you don't need that extra publicity push. Maybe I'm wrong. You've, you've got the the built-in following. It's surprising to me when when you, anytime I assume anything like that, when people <laughs> don't know at all that anything's going on, where they're just like, "Oh, the show's," I'll be like, "Yeah, the show's coming back." What? It's coming back? Yeah, I've been talked about it. 80,000 times, but yeah. it just doesn't, not everybody sees every kind of social media thing, and it's, but so that's why I figure I'll hedge my bets, not hedging my bets, I'm not hedging my bets by going uh, uh, far and wide, right? It would be not hedging bets? Uh, no, I think you're hedging, I feel okay. like you're hedging. I'm hedging <laughs> my hedging bets, I'm bets. hedging my bets against Yeah. People not knowing is what it would be. Yeah. yeah. Has, it, has it been a good experience going around and, and talking about the same thing over and over again? It's like being it's like being in a band all of a sudden. Like you know what it's like to be on the other side of that now. Uh huh. It's it's perfectly fine. I just say it's everybody's even things that are the same are different with it. So it's really it's okay. It's it's and people are excited about it, so I can't complain about yeah. that. People caring about the show coming back, it's super exciting that people are into it and also i mean i know what it's like to do a show and try to get like guests and stuff and if i remember what it was like when i first started getting like half decent guests and so if i can be a half decent guest on somebody else's show that's a huge compliment because i was on the other side of that for a long time were you were you sure when it went away that it was it was going to come back? I mean, it sounded like you knew that it was coming back in in some form or other. I, yeah, I, I, I. It would be the kind of thing that more. It, that would be like a. I don't want to say an absolute certainty, but it was like. We're we're not finished here. There's still more to do. Hmm. I still love doing it. Yeah, I still want to keep doing it, and I want to see what else is. Um, out there in terms of doing the show in a different, uh, f- not not different form because the show is going to be the same, but in terms of a different arena, like existing alongside shows in a different way, where it's a it's a commercial entity now, not a non-commercial radio thing. Yeah, well, and, and you 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 kind of. In a way, you sort of transitioned to the online format anyway. I mean, I assume that by the end there, you were getting far more people listening online than you were on, on terrestrial radio. I, I, I don't have numbers or anything, but I would assume that that would be yeah. the case because the show became really popular all over the place. Like, I would hear from people all over the the globe, which is crazy, but... That's what we. That's what the thing grew into. So it's like, yeah. And I, I conversely, I can remember when it started as a thing that definitely was more broadcast based, and it was definitely playing to 
people in the listening area who would listen uh, over the radio. And then a shift took place in there somewhere, probably a few years in. And then another shift took place when we started podcasting it. Then it really became a thing that was wide open for people to hear wherever they were and whenever they wanted to hear it. The, and, it, and it really, I mean, it started off as as a pretty pretty straightforward radio show, is my understanding. I, I wasn't I wasn't listening back mm-hmm. then, but it was it was really like a music show. And then you started, people started calling in, and then it kind of got weird from there. Yeah, I, the first time, the first shows I did at WFMU were it was not called the best show at that point. So the first bunch of years there i was doing a show just under my own name and that was a music-based show that had uh talk became a more uh, there was more and more talk as it went on but even at its most there was not it was not a ton of talk um it was still a music-based show and then coming back to do it as the best show it was like if let this is going to be a talk based show. This is not a music based show, but even that show had more music in it initially. And then as it went on, it was like, there's more to do here. Talk wise, there's just not enough room for them that much music that was uh, as before. So it was really just play a few songs at the beginning as the transitional thing gives me a chance to set the equipment up and 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 get everything how i want it to be and it also sets a mood and then start the show and maybe play a record in there somewhere but after the that first set of music it's a it's a talk show yeah when you know and when we're talking about moving like from from the the radio format to to something that's strictly online i mean you would you would think that that would loosen the constraints a little bit but it's i mean from the sound of it aside from um some some commercial issues and obviously some you know back announcing things like that um uh, pledge drives um it, it it sounds like the station didn't really put a lot of constraints on you in the end. I mean, even even really from the beginning, you know, it's it was. I mean, they call themselves a freeform station. It was a pretty pretty free, freeform show. Oh yeah, no, the station. That, I mean, that's one of the the many great things about WFMU. It's like if you're doing a show there, once you're through the door, then it's you do the show you want to do. And that's nobody tells you how to do your show. Once you're doing a show there, you're doing your show. And you can really kind of play with the, the, the format and the formula and all that stuff is up for, up for uh, interpretation or exploration. You can really go where it takes you and you see how much you succeed or fail. And then, I mean, maybe you end up doing a show for one schedule and you don't keep doing it but once you're in the door you do what the show you want nobody's hovering over your shoulder ever did, did it um how long did it take for you to realize that 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 format was something that you wanted to stick with i mean i've got to imagine that you know especially when you're trying something completely new when it, when you didn't have music to to lean on um you probably reconsidered a lot in the early days you mean thinking? Let's go back to playing music. Yeah, oh, or I maybe never... let's just not do the show. No, I yeah. always wanted to do the show, and I I just I knew it was funny. Yeah, 
it made me laugh. It made John Worcester laugh. We were that was enough. We were just as long as we were entertained and a few of our friends yeah. were entertained. It's like no, we're we're right. By, and also, by that point, though, when the best show started in 2000, the end of 2000, uh, we had done a thing called Rock Rotten Rule, which by that point was on CD and had kind of made the rounds. And we've got we had gotten some validation from people who we really respected. So we, I think we felt uh, kind of emboldened by that, yeah. maybe. And just like now, the people we respect get it and are on board with this. If the other people aren't, then either they won't be or they'll get on board. Was there a feeling that the people that, you know, if you just keep doing something good long enough, people will, will come around to it eventually? I, I I don't remember even caring that much about <laughs> it. Or I Really, it was just we were yeah. doing a show and just... I'm, I'm sure that was in the back of our minds the whole time, just because you don't want to do something in a vacuum yeah. that nobody cares about. It's got to be like, we'll do this. And, and you do also see signs of, of growth and, and, and people getting excited about stuff. It's kind of like you do things that make you laugh, and you, you're like, all right, that's better than what we did before. And then you do that thing, and then from some people you get feedback that that was something they liked. So those two things... yeah kind of keep you propped up when maybe everybody else isn't on board with it. I'm trying to figure out how much like how much Twitter is, has rewired my brain in terms mm-hmm. of my need for instant gratification. Sure. Yeah, it's not it's a, it's a it's a pretty unhealthy thing I think <laughs> in in a lot of ways. Twitter's really if you do it right, I think it's a nice compliment to your life. You can check in, you can say what you're up to you can if you have something to mention or to promote you can do that and you can have a little back and forth with somebody you you know and maybe even meet somebody that you admire you get them to respond to Mm -hmm. something if if you're a fan of somebody and i think that's the way to do it but to be sparing with it but when when there's people on it who are just so compelled to just tweet any thought or reply where they'll reply to anyone who says anything to them. That to me is just, I think, I think, and look, if that works for people, that's fine. (laughs) But if, but you have to be aware of maybe the toll that that's taking in not even, not even how it impacts you on Twitter, how Twitter impacts you everywhere else. Oh, it, it, it you know it gets you emotionally, and that's and that's I think that's the, the what I'm getting at is this is the problem we're having right now is is when you start thinking of things like in terms of success, like tweet for, tweet by tweet, you know, if, yeah. when every when, oh, when you yeah. put something out in the world and somebody doesn't respond to you immediately, mm-hmm. you, you, it calls things into question. Are you mad at me? You're yeah. just like, I hope this person's not mad at me. They didn't. Uh reply tweeted right at them or even I, like more abstractly like how come this super funny thing that i wrote isn't getting a million retweets well that's the that's the other thing where you're just like all right i'm about to drop some gold yeah on all of you and then it just lays there and you're like what come on just like how does this not have any this is not getting any traction what three 
favorites. That's it. One retweet, three faves. No, this is this is a this is a fifty fifty. At, at least a 50 50 50 retweets 50 faves where's the like where's the justice here so yeah it, it, it creates really strange um expectations on things and you i think it makes you at its worst i think you start to think toward what will work on twitter yeah rather than what is the best thought you can have. Mm. I think you clip yourself off sometimes, which is something I miss on the radio. Is that I, what the radio show is is the opposite of Twitter. Yeah. So I can just spread out and talk and talk and talk as much as I want and kind of hopefully explore all the corners of a, a particular idea and really take things as far as, as we can take it. It's it's funny. I mean, there there are there are things I've I've seen people comment about this, but there are things that will come up where people are like, oh, I, I wish the best show was around because you know I want to get Tom's mm-hmm. hot take on this. And you know, in the year it's been a year. I guess it's been a year since it's been off pretty off much the air. Um, ha, ha, have you rewired your brain a little bit now that you don't have a you know a weekly three hour segment to just talk and talk at something? I don't, I don't think. I think it's maybe laid dormant mm-hmm. and but i don't think it went away yeah i'm just i'm just it'll it's there for me i just have to work that muscle a little bit and i mean that's a nice thing about doing all these the podcasts like you had said it's mm-hmm. like i'm it's like i'm in shape i'm getting in shape now talking a lot it's like i'm going to the gym i'm sparring that, like going uh, on all these podcasts <laughs> that um so. You know, if there, what was it? It was 13 years, 12, 13 years it was on the air. Um, you know, this idea, this idea again of instant gratification, this idea of sort of, I guess once you, once you sort of set the bar with a certain level of success and then you have an off week, you know, and then you have one of those weeks where people, nobody's calling in and, you know, and you, and and you, you did a good job of making it a joke about it, but to some degree you always sort of wondered how serious you were about like, um, you know how 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 upsetting it is, and and how much you you know when when you're having a down week, how much you you cut these you call these things into question. Uh, it it used to really affect me, or not not re- not like yeah. it was like it wasn't it was never life or death with me, but things would affect me more than they did as as the show kept going because there was like a shift. Where was where even it's like if I'm trying as hard as I can to do this show at a certain level, mm. and John and I are writing calls, and we know where they're at in terms of the level they need to be at, and if I'm preparing with topics and things to talk about and things to to make fun of or or just explore or whatever it is, and if the show turns out differently than I had pictured it in my mind it's like i got to a point where i did not look at those as bad shows where even if everything fell apart because some of those shows are people's favorite shows to hear me lose it and get really frustrated by things is some people loved those shows and um 
and I kind of grew to the point where I'm like, yeah, I can embrace it. It's I'm being a real, I'm trying to be a real person here and not just be just do some sort of, uh, NPR type thing where put, put your emotions on ice or put how you're actually feeling on ice. It's time to do the show. It's like, no, why don't I bring that stuff in here and let that be a part of the show. If I'm not in a good mood, I'll let that, then I'm not in a good mood on the show. If I'm in a good mood, then I'll be in a good mood on the show. So it's like, why not add that stuff to the, to the, to what the show is? And I, and I, I feel like when I started doing that, I think, I think the show definitely got better. And I think people definitely responded to that because it, it became like, there's a person there, not just a host there. Were you, did you feel yourself ready to, 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 to make a, a major change? I mean, ahead of actually announcing, ahead of actually making the decision to stop the show in that format, did, did you feel like you needed to make a, a, a big life change? I mean, that, that's a, you know, that's a, a, a pretty big commitment. I mean, it's not only three hours each week. It's all this time it takes to prep for a, a show that you're basically not getting paid for. Sure. Um, was it was it clear for a while that you needed to move on in some form? Yeah, I guess it felt like at some point there's going to be a... I could not avoid the collision after a point. It's just yeah. going to be like these things are going to... The amount of time and energy that the show takes is going to collide with the amount of time and energy I have available to it. It's just like something's got to give here at yeah. some point. And it didn't for a long time, but then there was just a point where it's like, yeah, this is, I, I, I can't do, I can't do this show this way with that, with this, um, level of of uh compensation or whatever you want to call it it just the it just didn't work anymore for for my life and just there's also just the thing of just like well you know let's see what else is going on and what would it be like to be out there in with with uh trying to turn this thing that i love doing into something that could maybe make money let's what would that be like yeah and finally it was like yeah let's do it let's just try it see what like it's not going to get any easier if you if i wait another year it's gotta just leave the nest at some point and if and if it get because because if it gets to where I'm starting to get mad at the show or mad yeah. at the station because I'm doing this thing for free, that's on me. I could leave at any point, and the station made that very clear to me. They were very. I always appreciated how they were in terms of making sure that I did not feel like they were ever putting pressure on me to make money for them or anything. They always made it clear. It's just like you, that I you do what you have to do. This is you, this station is not, 
you are not beholden to this place where this is some obligation that you have to carry forever. You do what you have to do. I mean, you know, they're being really nice about it, but you have to know in the in the back of your head that you know the station is something that you love, and you, you being the really the, the far and away the largest money maker for them that um, that it's probably it's going to hurt it's going to hurt the station a little bit financially when you when you when you do pull out. The station has has gotten by mm-hmm. and gone through things much more uh, challenging mm-hmm. than this. I, I think, I, I've, having been there, I know that the station has come up against some real challenges over the years, and and everybody there is smart enough to figure ways to get to the next, the next through the next year, and they always do. And this is just. This is one of those things, and it's hardly the worst one of them. So mm-hmm. they they um, and the station is bigger than any DJ who was ever a part of it. That's the appeal of that place. Is just like this is a place that the shows don't. It's the kind of place that it's unlike a lot of public radio ends up where public radio defines the shows that are on public mm. radio there's a void there's a specific yeah. voice and yeah you're not going to be on public radio if you're not fitting a certain yeah. attitude or or style but the, one of the great things about WFMU is it's the opposite it's like the shows define the station and that always changes it, it's an evolving thing to see what what the station looks like in any given year or any given decade. It just it, it really is this constantly evolving thing that is it. That they're not programming that place to make sure it's like we have to have three of this type of show, one of that type of show. We don't want any of that type of show. There's no none of that thinking going into it. It's like they just want the 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 most qualified and the greatest versions of each style to be on uh, represented. Did you have this? Because I, I I left a, a job earlier in the year, a site that I was at for for three years, and um, I found that for a while afterwards that, that uh, I didn't really want to go back and and read it. You know, like mm-hmm. in a weird in a weird way, you know, you don't want to. I don't want to say that you don't you want to think that they're like worse off for you not being there anymore, but it, but it is a little, it is a little hard at first to sort of go back and realize that like life goes on without you. Did you, obviously you have ties, you have, per, you, you have personal ties to station, yeah. but did you have trouble listening to it at all? No, not, 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 not at all. Really. I was, cause my wife yeah. has done a show on WFMU, uh, Terry T for a long time. She took a break now uh from it because she also just needed to get a little change in things and it was nice to have a stretch in our house for the first time in a long time where neither of us were doing a show just to see what that's like to get she wanted her saturdays back for a little bit to see what that's like and to do other things so um i would always listen to her show and listen to a few other people's shows I just feel like I, I wouldn't want the station to ever be anything other than what it is 
and what made it appealing to me in the first place to want to be a part of it and just yeah i just try i i really wanted my my leaving the station to just be kind of like anybody else leaving the station Mm -hmm. people leave it all the time and so it just those people still have ties to the station and still are involved in stuff they just don't happen to actively be doing a show so that's I just want some version of that to be be around. I'm, the station's still a very important thing to me. Something I'll always care about. I'm just currently, uh, you know, not currently. I'm just not doing a show there anymore. So, but that's that has happened just hundreds of times with other DJs. So it's just like I'm. My thing might have been a little different because the show got strangely popular uh, but um that dynamic is still the same dynamic for anybody i think who did a show and then stopped doing a show you 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 begin to realize too once once you once you distance yourself like what when you're in it it's, it's hard it's hard to um recognize what sort of success you've achieved a because you're in it and then b because i think like and and I imagine you're probably the same way to a degree. You know, when you surround yourself by with super smart, super creative people who end up being super successful for 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 good reason, you end up comparing yourself to them. Um, you know, you've you know you've got a lot of friends who are who are comedians who are really who are really successful who have you know had very successful television careers, and it's and it's hard it's hard not to make that comparison directly. I mean the comparison between myself and yeah, them. Yeah, between yeah, between you know the the successes that you're, you're able to achieve, achieve in certain things and, and the successes that you know that, that your friends are, and it's made all the harder when you surround yourself by really smart and talented people. Yeah, it, it's it's to me it comes down to, or it came down to, all of these people are doing. They do their thing. Mm-hmm. And they'll they'll go into the the they all went into like the major leagues when it was time for them to do their thing. Where it's like, yeah, I'm going to get a job on a TV show, or I'm going to start doing movies, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. Like yeah. they, at a point, if you're going to go for it, you have to go for it, and you kind of can't qualify it anymore. And I. I think it maybe uh, this the love of the station and the belief in what the station is made it just a great place to stay. But then it's so if it took a, a little longer than for other people, so be it. But now it's time to go for it. Like that's and if you're gonna try, if you want to be on the bigger or big stages or whatever then you got to put yourself in the position to be on them and i'm not even saying this in any way like i want the show to be some massively popular thing i just want it to be as good as it was before but then just have the have it be available to be a commercial version of that show that's that's really i'm not i don't sweat yeah 
any of the other stuff i the it's a it's funny because like you think about your motives going into things like this and just like i was just wanted to do funny stuff and (laughs) and i wanted to laugh and make my friends laugh and have them make me laugh and that's still what this is that's all i want out of it really and just for it to be solvent not to be some giant bank vault opening like now it's time to get rich and i'm also not looking at it as some sort of platform to build out like my my network or anything like that it's like we'll see where things go i don't know where they're gonna go if other shows if we start adding other shows down the road then then we do and if we don't then we don't i just want this show to be great and there wouldn't even be any reason for other shows if this show's not great anyway, because it would be like, well, what's the flagship show? Well, it's this thing that's not so good. So it's <laughs> like, but these other shows will be less good than that thing that is the tentpole show for this Listen, thing. Plenty of successful yeah. podcast networks have started that way, Tom. Oh, oh, don't don't think I don't know it. <laughs> but that said, I don't want to be one yeah. of those. At, at some point, you have to you, you have to make the decision. To whatever degree you can make this decision, though, I mean, you know, you you've you've written on TV shows, you've written on successful TV shows. I mean, you know, Monk by all standards was a successful TV show, but at some point, you need to figure out whether um, you want to risk it all and invest everything in a very sort of a very specific vision that you have. You know, that you that you want something to just be you, or if you're content to be a successful writer on a successful show where, you know, your name is however far down the, in the credits. Yeah. There is a point when it's like, what are you here to do? It kind of becomes that it's like, and I, I'm not going to worry about, I'm not going to say at the risk of sounding anyway, <laughs> this way or that way. It's like, it's 11 o'clock. Just, yeah. just, just let it it's out. Like you're, I, people have a purpose in life mm-hmm. and, I just I enjoy doing this show so much and people enjoy when we do it and the other stuff it's like writing is writing I love writing too but there's plenty of people who can write but this thing feels like it's my thing and it's the thing to do that that's probably what I'm here to do is this show yeah. and that was when it felt like this um kind of uh, I don't want to say mission but it's just like this has to come back because it's what I want to be doing and so many so much of the time I would put the show other things would take precedence because a well first of all the show was a uh, uh, didn't make money so uh, when it came time to making money it would be oh well yes of course this other this job has to take precedence over over the radio show and then also doing the show every week it's hard to think of the big picture when there's just another show coming up you're you're just thinking about next week's show so a lot of those things added up to kind of making it seem like there's the there's my professional career and then there's the show that works as a calling card or whatever you want to call like people would be like oh it's a good calling card to show people how how you're funny it's almost the, like having a twitter account 
Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a large version of yeah. that. So people would be like, "Well, it's a good way to get people to check out your writing and whatever or whatever it is like that. The stuff you do for for you know put food on the table." So, um, but then there's a point when it's like, "What if I just respect this thing and put it first? Instead of having it be that anything else can jump the line and cut mm. in front of it and be first. So it's like, what if I did that? And then I did that where, I mean, I had a, there was a job lined up that would have been a great job and I wanted to take the job. But then it's like, if I take this job, the radio show is not going to happen like I want it to happen. And this is so long in the making that if I don't give this thing the shot that it deserves, then I it will that will bother me. That will that will haunt me forever. Is that I at the last second kind of took my eye off the ball and and looked at something else. Yeah. Right when it was like do or die time, I focused on something else. So it's like that would. Sink or swim, I got to give this thing the shot that it deserves to to have. That's interesting. You you, you feel like you know because you because again you can especially now that you're removed from it for for a year, um, you can look back at 13 years and especially the last like five years and look at that as being a success as be, as being you know as the, that you that you did take that shot that that you that you made something a lot of people liked but you you feel like. It's going to sound a little silly, but you feel like it hasn't quite achieved what it could potentially achieve? Um, I still think there's plenty to achieve creatively. I, I we're, we're not done at all with that. And stopping it has given a chance to, to um, take a look at the big picture with it yeah. and see that, yeah, let's try to go to other places with this and see where those places see what they are how what are different ways we can do the show just to why not crack it wide open and let what the definite who knows what the definition of the show should even be mm. who how how broad can we get with that and then owning the setup now it's like okay well who says the show has to be three hours once a week because it was on a radio station before so yeah. it had to be a, a finite amount of time on a specific date so it's like who's it doesn't have to be that anymore it's it, there's a lot of potential to do a lot of different things and so in that regard we're not done we're definitely we never started in terms of seeing what it can mean as a commercial mm-hmm. uh entity and so it's the kind of thing where it's like we have an audience people are into it people care let's see what that means out out in the real world and it was and it did make some pretty i don't want to say dramatic shifts cuz i guess they were gradual but it was just like oh i guess this show is about puppets now you know yeah, i guess yeah. that's, <laughs> but I guess that's, that's what's happening and but that's the that's what made it fun is yeah. that just like i would never have guessed that that's what where yeah. we would have ended up and then i never would have guessed there would have been these sound collages and i i would never guess what the next thing is that's mm-hmm. going to be some version of that i don't know what it is and i'm excited to find out and i'm going to push hard to find out so we get to that place that's really 
to me, that's just about really keeping keeping your foot on the gas mm-hmm. and really seeing what you can get out of things. Um, you're good at sp- you're spotting something and knowing that it's something that you can ride for for a little while. You're good at picking those those uh-huh. interesting things out. It's fun to just I I well thank you I I guess it's um, I listen <laughs> to people and try to try to actually hear what you can get from what they're saying and see where we can both go together. If it's a if it's a call from somebody just calling the number, it's like let me play or I'll play with you and we'll mm-hmm. goof around and I'll tease you a little bit and let's see where we end up with stuff and see what you say to what I say and then you might say something that's the last thing I would have expected and then we're somewhere else entirely. Yeah. So yeah, it's fun to go to those places and to just see what the show becomes because because you're just open to letting it be whatever it is. It's not Saturday Night Live where we're sticking to you can like set your watch to the format. There's not a structure to the thing in that regard. It's that's that's kind of unwritten. So let's take advantage of that. Do, do, do you think it was a, a a benefit to to you and to the show that I guess in a lot of senses you didn't come up through whatever these sort of established comedy channels are now that you weren't, you know, I mean, I, obviously UCB is, is relatively new as kind of a factory of, you know, the com- comedy factory, but was it helpful that you approach it from a, a, a different angle? You know, ultimately, yes, it's, it's really, to me, I'm happy that that's how I came up is just, being kind of adjacent to mm-hmm. all these things, but not a part of any particular scene or club. I was friends with all the UCB people and know all that stuff, but I'd never took classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't live in New York. I lived in New Jersey. So it's like kind of New York adjacent and ended up kind of on my own planet you know john is in north carolina i'm here we talk on the phone and build these things and we're both just off the off the we're we're not on like that we're not on there's like it feels like sometimes there's like a treadmill where everybody's like keeping up with everything and really needing to be like on it and up to date with everything and i think we both end up moving at our own rate and which is good because then other things get added to the to the discussion which haven't been just over haven't been run uh through the mill over and over because it's everybody in new york is talking about the same thing it's like being out in new jersey you get some different set of influences that come get brought to the table and maybe those also are more universal to people too because most people don't live in a major city who i mean there's plenty of people who live in the city who listen the in major cities who listen obviously but we get people from all over i think maybe it gets a universal quality to things is like because everybody no most people didn't even if they live in a city now they didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily grow up in a city so they know what it's like to be 
in like a small town or a small city or whatever, just like not in a major, not in New York, LA or Chicago, you know, like, so I, I think there's something to just us being off the grid a little bit that comes out that I think f- kind of f- maybe flavors everything in a, in a good way, yeah. not being a part of stuff. And I'm also, I was never interested in being on stage and being a performer in that regard. It's for me, comedy was like writing funny stuff and then saying funny stuff, but not having to act funny stuff and be in front of people to do it. That, that did not speak to me. So there's a reason why you're not the one doing characters on the show. Other than the Tom character, I guess. Yeah, no, no, it's it's just, yeah, exactly. It was never my calling to do that, but radio is its own thing, and it's like I end up doing the show in front of more people than anybody's Mm -hmm. done a show in front of. It's like unless you're doing shows at, uh, you know, Giant Stadium or whatever, we get more people than that listening to, to a show, so... The show's in front of plenty of people. It's just in its own weird yeah. way. It's me alone in a room doing it. I've always gravitated to behind-the-scenes stuff much more than um, being in front of the camera. I um, on, on Monk, I never wanted to do like that, the cameo mm-hmm. that... Like, I think all the other writers appeared on it in one way or another at some point, just like walking in the background or something. It's like that just never... Mm spoke to me to be on camera never ever wanted that hate it on a very core level but i mean i'll do it when i have to do it but it's not my enthusiasm at all i don't it does not it's plenty of people they say like when i got up on stage i felt like everything then it made sense being on stage it's like for me, it's like the times I've gotten on, up on stage, it's been like, no, I get it. I don't want to be here. This does not speak to me. It's like an op. It's like it's the opposite form of of clarity showing up. It's just like, nope, you belong behind the scenes. That's where you express yourself best, not standing in front of a room. So, in 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 the 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 past year, as as you've been rebooting, I mean, obviously you've been busy with other things. Um, the the Adult Swim thing came out not too long ago, but as far as actually putting piecing the show together, what what have what have you been doing? I mean, how much of that is actually writing? How much of that is actually planning? Like the format of the show, the bits, things like that, and how much of it is is just sort of boring logistics? For the so much of it, it it's it's almost. The vast majority of stuff is the boring logistics the part. It's, it's and the, building yeah. the thing and picking up cables and 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 putting together chairs and and trying to take care of signing up for this thing and making sure that thing is in place and all the the stuff like that. It's like any other. It's been like setting up any other business. So doing that, that's been the the vast majority of the stuff is that the creative part is there, but there's just the other stuff has to be taken care of first, or there is no creative part of anything. There'll be no way for it to be heard. So it's really been the, the unfun stuff has been 
everything we've been doing. Was it important that you, I don't want to say went off the grid. I mean, you know, you were still, you still had an online presence, but, but was it important that you kind of went away for a while, you know, versus again, like, like as far as like barrier of entry of, of podcasts, you easily could have just put some stuff out in the meantime, as you were building something larger. Yeah. I, I wanted to not be around and I wanted it to be like, I kind of wanted it. I wanted to miss it and I wanted people mm-hmm. to miss it. I figured if I was doling it out going on every podcast then it's like, Oh, he's around. He yeah. does this. He does that. He's a guest on, he's on this show a bunch. He's on that show. He'll show up there as a regular guest. And then you kind of get your fill of the thing. And maybe I get my fill of it then, but it's like, no, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing here. It's like, I got to be doing the show the way I got to do the show. So I think I have to miss it. And when the show was wrapping up, there was so much talk about everything. It's like, it's time to go away and Mm. be like, people can't miss you if you don't go away when you're still just hovering kind of gone, but not really gone. It's like, now if you're going to go, you got to go. You don't want to be Matthew McConaughey and days and confused. Exactly. The guy just hanging out in town, still just watching the cycle play itself out over and over, and he's still there. And just, no, I did not want to be, I did not want, I I also just wanted to shut up, too, for a while and just be like, let's think of what it means to talk into a microphone. Let's see what it means to do a show by not doing one. Mm. So it was good to to stop. So what if so you know you haven't spent you haven't spent a full year just trying to to find the the perfect coaxial cable for your show. Mm-hmm. What if what have you been doing? What have you been up to? Is that a hard question? No, well, it kind of is. I mean, yeah. it's such a it's a it's a year is a, there's so many things that are half started and sure. then don't go and then the, basically. Finish the show in December. Holidays come and go. January. Really just enjoying not doing the show and digesting not doing it. And then working on some writing stuff. Mm -hmm. Beginning of the year started to pitch the Adult Swim thing. That started... That that was a, a... like a long road to get to that point where we finally got to, but that started the beginning of the year. The box set started the beginning of the year. Mm. Those two things going on. Then around that, around that point, it was, uh, people making propositions to do the show on their network Mm -hmm. or their radio station organization, whatever you want to call it. It's just, so sorted through all that stuff. That took a few months to hear what everybody was saying, process what everybody's saying, see what would be a fit, what are the pros, what are the cons. Eventually deciding, I'm going to just do it, uh, do it myself as an independent venture is the best way to go. Already into the box set by that point. That's like April, May. Cranking on the box set. Crank, start cranking on the Adult Swim thing. I direct some commercials in there to kind of pay the bills. 
then summer comes along, then it's box set and adult swim thing, full steam ahead, round the clock. That took me all the way to to November um, before those things were truly put to bed. When the adult swim thing was put to bed, I could work more on the radio show. And then when the box set was done, then it was full radio show one thing on my plate radio show and that's where we're at now so i speaking of commercials i really want to ask you about the jeter thing like Uh i i remember i remember just seeing that commercial and you you pop up for about a second Uh in there yeah you were not um not necessarily the biggest jeter or yankee fan or baseball fan not really no (laughs) how did you wind up in that commercial they asked me to be in it so i i was in it so i did it yeah yeah, it goes like that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so um, the, what was what was the adult swim thing as far as like what what did it start start out as and you know and 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 as far as what it actually became and were you guys actually pitching like a series? No, it was meant to be one of the four AM infomercials. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do one of these. It'd be a good thing for us to all do together because yep. we, we know Adult Swim, Ollie Green, one of the. Uh, big wigs there and um she's been super supportive of the show and been a real kind of champion of of what john and i do so it was like let's do this thing let's uh let's do something together and that seemed like the perfect thing to do to to get things rolling it was it, it, it was perfect for the 4 a.m slot in a while i waste too because it mm-hmm. really was a, a late night infomercial yeah, it was meant to just be this weird thing that may, if you know the world of the stuff, then you would get all the references with stuff. But otherwise, it was just weird. It was just well. That's why, like, that's why the too many cooks thing was a success, right? Because it was like somebody is up in the middle of the night for whatever reason, and it's just the weirdest thing that you've ever seen mm-hmm. is is on the air. Yeah, I mean that's the goal of those things is to be like that. Yeah, and have them uh, kind of just show up and you're like i don't know what that was but it was fully formed whatever it was <laughs> and it's it, i just i'm processing it still digesting what so yeah i mean that thing nobody could ever count on how how the too many cooks thing went that just blew yeah. up and was went viral just like few things go viral like that so was this something? Was it something that you and, and John had been talking about for a while, as far as like what these characters would look out, look like, fleshed out, or you know, or even even the possibility of doing a, a show at some point? I guess that goes back to that thing when when you're doing a thing every week, you just mm-hmm. don't have time to sure. think about things like that and stopping the show was a good chance to think about stuff like that that'll that afforded us the chance to be like yeah what well, let's let's uh let's figure out what that would be yeah. a, a thing like that um and then the uh the box set was the same way where it's like i could not have worked on that thing like i worked on it if i was doing the show every week but we we had to get that perspective on what the the things John and I did were and what the calls were. 
so we needed to not be doing them yeah. to be able to see what we had done. That must have been, in, in a way, probably both of those projects, but especially the box set must have been uh, sort of the perfect like summer school assignment before you get back into something like literally going back and crawling through 13 years of calls. Yeah. It's kind of thematically, it's kind of perfect that it's just like the first time we go back and really, really get nostalgic and revisit the past and Mm -hmm. then go deep into that stuff. The only time we could have ever done that was the time that we did it. So it lined up perfectly. And then there's this thing now where it's coming back. So now it's about the future again, where we went back to the past for the for the for this box, and now now we're seeing what's what's around the corner. So we're 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 right there. I mean, you've been you've been saying December. Mm-hmm. Is that still is that still the plan? Yeah, yeah, we're very close. What uh. What 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 needs to happen between now and then for the, for the show to be a show? I got to work some tech stuff out, some okay. some some stress testing and things like that. Very close, though. Format to start is going to be very similar to the best same, show. Same exact show. Same exact show. Phone calls. Sharpling and Worcester. Uh, puppets, I'm sure. <laughs> Sure, there'll be sound collages, and then get our feet yeah. on the ground, and then start cracking the thing open again, seeing what new shows up. You you feel um, reinvigorated though. I wish I could feel a little more reinvigorated. I'm very it's late tired right now. No, but it's just in general. <laughs> yeah. I'm like building this thing has taken a lot. Of, yeah. It takes a lot of time and a lot of a lot of energy. Um, I'm gonna try to. Uh, have just one thing on my plate while I'm doing it so I can kind of rest and get strong for this thing rather than instantly spread myself too thin. I mean, there's a, there's a writing thing that's really interesting that I cannot wait to jump into. That is the next thing that I have hovering, but it's something I can do on my own Mm -hmm. timetable and I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start on that, but that'll that'll be there as an accompaniment to this radio show, as I get as I get this thing cranking, and then yeah, then when the box set comes out in March, we'll just go into full promotion mode on that, and be we'll be around. I, I you can't speak for him too much, but where where's where's John with all this? Because you know he's. He's obviously also got a, a career on the side. Not yeah, on the side. Yeah. He's got. He's you know. He's a professional sure. rock and roll drummer. And this oh, is yeah, yeah. kind of his side thing, right? Um, I mean, he's super excited about yeah. it. He can't wait to to get it started again. We both are very. The break was great. I think it went on longer than we probably both would have liked, but we're here and we're close. And it's going to end very soon. And now we'll jump back in and really just, re- really just kind of see where what's out there. And the, and doing the box was great because I know there's characters we had 
passed over or maybe didn't do everything with that now we can be like oh that character's great let's 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 go back and do more with that guy and we've done a lot of writing over the year to get mm-hmm. ready for this just because you get thoughts and yeah. get so the box really opened a lot of stuff like i felt a, we both had a lot of ideas once that once we went through that felt like yeah we've got a lot of a lot of things we can try here let's let's end on this because you got to get back to new jersey get some sleep what what uh is there one character you can point to that had been neglected over the years that you really can't wait to bring back hmm i like mike sajak a lot mm, who was pat sajak's brother, brother yeah, yeah. I, I like him and we he only was on a couple times I feel like that was that was really funny and worth seeing what that can if the, if there's anything maybe we talk about it and try to come up with something and it just doesn't go so who we might still never hear him again but we'll I'm gonna at least bring him up see if we can come up with something from for Mike Sajak to uh, to do all right I lied one one more thing it's okay. related to that though sure. Uh, over the past year, like I said, uh, to sort of bring us full circle to the beginning, but um, you know, all these instances of these current events that were happening over the years where everybody wished they had Tom's hot take. Mm-hmm. What was the thing that you really regretted not having a microphone to speak into about? Probably, I, I think it's it's hard to say because some news things are not fun. <laughs> obviously, yeah. There's been a lot of rape lately. Yeah, that, weird. You know, a lot of that. You know, a lot of people who shouldn't people. die ending up dead um and then nobody gets in trouble for it but i don't know if we would have done a whole lot with yeah but i i think something like donald sterling would have been really <laughs> like we would have i'm sure he would have become a character yeah. in things because he's just a ridiculous idiot and that would have been that would have yeah. entered the the discussion, I think Donald Sterling would and have been. John does a really good jowly character. <laughs> yes, he would have had to have gotten his. He would have had to have find, found a new gear in terms of jowl jowling it up, and see if he can get that Donald Sterling level jowl action going. I think he. I think he has what it takes to get the the five star Donald Sterling jowl uh, thing going. We'll find out or not. I don't know. Thanks so much, Tom. Oh, thank you. This has been great. There you have it. That was Tom Sharpling of Sharpling Orster, of the best show on WFMU, soon to be of the best show podcast. Uh, he, he's been he's been doing a sort of a I guess a pre podcast victory lap. He's been going around to all these different podcasts, um, you know, get, get, getting used to, to speaking in front of a microphone again, and and uh, getting the rest of us psyched up for the return of the best show. Um, I don't. I don't have an actual date for the return of the best show um, as of the, the recording of this out right now, I suspect, because this is always the way these sorts of things go. I suspect that uh, between my recording this and the actual posting of the show that the date will go there. So we'll put it on the post. But again, you know, if you've listened this far into the interview, you're probably already following him on, on Twitter. So you'll be, be, be getting that information directly from the source. Uh, it will be returning this month. A Tuesday in December that doesn't leave a lot of options, so look for that uh, very, very soon. I'm, I'm very excited to see it come back. It's uh, 
you know, if if again in the off chance that you listen listen this far into the show and 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 aren't familiar with the best show, uh, it's it's kind of a it's a perfect thing. It's just a, a perfect, wonderful, beautiful comedy thing. I think I've actually I think I actually told this uh, this this story before, um, not on uh, not on my show, but uh, I believe I, I called up uh, on, uh, on on Tom's show on the. Um, uh, uh, what were they calling it? Um, uh, oh, Depravity's Rainbow. Depravity's Rainbow, which was sort of like a, a sideshow when, when he wasn't there, and there was some sort of anniversary. And I told the story of uh, the first time that I ever heard the best show. I was uh, I, I was I was in Chicago for work. This was not during work hours, but I was at Quimby's, which is a, a fantastic uh, indie comic shop out there. And um, instead of music, over the PA, uh, they were playing a, a radio show, and there was a dude talking about a, um, a forthcoming Brian Wilson record, which is, has yet to come out, and, and I, I suspect uh, very strongly will, will, will never, never, never come out, um, uh, called, called Pleasure Island, which is just a super... Like a super weird story about a bunch of guys who found some sort of bikini paradise or something on, along those lines, um, but you know some really uh, some really kind of like like heady deep Beach Boys talk uh, uh, at length, and I knew that this was a thing that I needed to track down. So you should as well. Uh, lots of good ways to get into the show. Um, this best show gems. I think it's probably the best way to get into the best show uh, if you want to. If you want to cram a little bit before the podcast comes back, because it's a weird, it's a weird, very specific thing, and I know a lot of people who've tried to listen to it and haven't really been able to get into it because it's it's got its own sort of strange rhythms. And Tom will probably hate me for this. I kind of hate myself for saying this, but it, you know, it's it's like jazz, guys. It's like a it's like a jazz song. You know, it takes um takes a while to kind of figure out the, the the frequencies that it's that it's working on but once you do man you get to uh, get hooked so thanks thanks so much to tom for taking the time to do that he um as i said he's been on this this crazy podcast tour and he came out to queens for uh, another live show that he was doing out there and was was very kind he got delayed he's supposed to be at my place at seven go to that event he's coming all the way from jersey got caught up in like four hours of traffic uh but was very kind uh to 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 head over to my place after the show so we started recording that one at about 11 o'clock he was he was pretty exhausted like a pro yawns off mic didn't pick up and i thought uh, got a very very fast fascinating fascinating insight into to tom's mind so thanks uh thanks so much to him for taking the time to do that um thanks to you guys as always for listening thanks to, to brian as always for editing this thing together thanks to mark and everybody else at the boing boing podcast network so many nice podcasts over at the Boing Boing Podcast Network. Um, you can check those out over at boingboing.net. You can check them out over at iTunes. We've got a page over there. And while you're over at iTunes, you should take the time to rate the show. A very, very high five-star rating is the only rating that, that we will accept. Um, oh, also, also, uh, this is, uh, I guess, you know, being being the end of the show, this is a good time to plug one of my things, which is um, I have a, a silly new podcast that I'm doing with uh, with my, my buddy Timmy Williams of uh, the sketch comedy troupe and the, the IFC show, uh, the, the Whitest Kids You Know. Um, it's called uh, Why the Hell is Timmy in South Dakota? It's a weekly five-minute podcast, so it will not take a lot of your time. Um, and uh, each week I call up Timmy and try to figure out why the hell he's in South Dakota. There's been one episode so far, and, and so far I haven't got to the bottom of that mystery. We're, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like cereal. If you like the cereal podcast, uh, you'll probably like this. 
it's uh, no murder, but still trying to figure out the same uh, the same mystery week to week. So check that out. You can find that out uh, over. You can find that over at, also at iTunes. Um, it's got its own Tumblr. That's uh, what the hell is Timmy.tumblr.com. We've got a Tumblr for this show. It's rylcast.tumblr.com. We've got uh, an email address as well. If you've got any feedback or anything else, that's rylcast at gmail.com uh, thank you guys so much for listening got lots of good shows coming up we will catch you just about this time next week with another episode of R.I.Y.L. 